0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the I Am Landscape Growth Podcast, where entrepreneurs help entrepreneurs grow faster, better, and stronger in the green industry. From leadership to sales to recruiting and operational excellence, we cover the topics holding entrepreneurs back and share how to get past those bottlenecks with the best in the industry. I'm your host, Rob Murray, co-founder and CEO of Intrigue, a digital marketing company focused on helping landscape companies grow. So sit back and enjoy the show. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the I Am Landscape Growth Podcast. Today, I have the privilege of introducing our guest, Matt Crinclaw, from Greenius, now with LMN. Matt, thank you so much for coming on the show and doing this. Yeah, no problem. I'm really happy to be here. Um, so, I mean, you had quite the journey the last couple of years. I know, uh, you know you've been growing Greenius as a co-founder uh, for the better part of two decades, um, and then you know acquired by LMN in the last couple of years. Um massive focus on training and development within the green industry but maybe you can just give the audience a little bit of context you know kind of how did this whole thing started where you've come from and kind of what you're up to today in a you know cole's notes summary fashion
1: yeah for sure so we started probably 17 years ago and it was kind of the idea there's a large landscape company i think they have around 120 employees and they kind of needed a training program so i'm from the tech world side of things so they reached out to me and said hey we need this training program so i said you got to do a b and c and then uh they said well why don't you come work with us and let's build this together so i did the tech side and then the landscapers did the expertise and all the equipment side of things and together we uh built the greeniest platform and I got to say we were way ahead of our time because thinking back about 17 years ago, streaming video really wasn't a thing. It's it's not what it was today. So really what we had to do was take the video, break it down into like a series of JPEGs and like (laughs) the user thought they were watching a video, but really it was just a JPEG (laughs) slideshow.
0: It was great. A true frame rate, you know, like back old school. That's so great.
1: Yeah. And then, so we launch and then we thought, okay, we got a million dollar idea here. Like, how are we going to line up all these sales? And uh, yeah, it, it was a grind. Like it was a grind. Landscapers weren't ready for technology. How could you train somebody online to use a mower in the field, right? Like the mindset we had to battle. So once we got the mindset conquered and uh, the
0: technology
1: conquered. Uh, we started, we started winning, and it, it it was a grind, and it's it's still a grind, but we're very proud of it.
0: Yeah, so you're like the fifteen year overnight success or something to that effect.
1: Ab- absolutely, I can tell you fifty ways how not to film a training course or <laughs> how not to do it and how to waste money trying to figure it out. So it was. Uh, quite the learning process. And I mean, it got us to where we are today. So we're extremely grateful for the process. It was just uh, an awesome experience.
0: Very cool. And so what is your primary focus now? What are you up to today?
1: So now we're all about helping landscapers solve the labor problem in the industry. So how can you like I know, since COVID, we've all heard the term the Great Resignation, right? But it's more than that. It's it's been more the Great Repurposing. So, people have really readjusted their priorities. So, uh, there's not really a labor problem. It's more of a, a repurposing problem. So. The, the people are out there, right? So you got to, you got to meet the skills development, the work-life balance, and just kind of fill the needs of what people are looking for. And you can solve this problem. So Greenius really helps by uh, onboarding people. So if you look at the landscape industry as a whole, turnover is a big problem. It, it's one of the largest compared to any other industry. And it comes down to employee experience. So whenever I hear the word culture, like you, we always hear this talk about, Hey, you got to have good company culture or you have bad company culture. But whenever I hear that, I challenge people to say, okay, take the word culture and swap it out with employee experience. And it starts making a lot more sense. So you either have good employee experiences or you have bad employee experiences. And, uh, what we do starting from the very beginning is a solid onboarding program built around good employee experiences. So show them the ropes, show them what their first day would look like, how to use the equipment, how to fuel the equipment. And and they're going to really feel comfortable in their new role and have this great experience and not be constantly getting in trouble for doing the wrong thing. So anything you can do to really build a solid onboarding experience is just a huge win and that's where we come in. So we can execute a full 90 day onboarding program and it's only going to take, I would say two to three hours of the crew leaders time in that 90 days, because we're doing all the online training with all our videos. And then they got to do the, the, the quiz at the end of those videos to verify they learned the skill. But then we're the first to acknowledge you just can't watch a training video, be an expert on landscape equipment. You got to use the equipment. So we have a field app where they have kind of these field checklists where they actually have to demonstrate the knowledge of the equipment. And where that really helps is kind of that standardized messaging. So all crew leaders are delivering the same training all the same way. And I like to use the analogy of McDonald's, like you go to any McDonald's and the food tastes the same because everyone's following the same process. So how do you apply that as a landscape company and get all your crew leaders training on the same process? And that's where our field checklists come in. So, you know, they're all training the exact same thing.
0: So then, okay, we're going to get into this deeper for sure. Uh, yeah. If we just pull pull back for a minute though, and we talked about this idea around, um, people see the the great or the great resignation or the great repurposing. And then, you know, there's this perception that there's not enough people out there to recruit and or it's very difficult to do. And even if we do get them, they might not have the best employee experience. So they end up walking out the door and we're like kind of leaking out the back. Um, what do you see as the primary growth constraint? You know, that's the theme of the entire podcast. And if, you know, we look at what you're talking about right now with regard to recruitment, employee experience, onboarding, skill development, career paths, um, promotions all around people. But what do you see, like Matt, as somebody working with dozens, if not hundreds of landscapers, being at these conferences, hearing everybody talk about what's going on in the market, what's the primary growth constraint from your perspective for entrepreneurs in the green industry today?
1: For sure, I think the number one problem is people. So if you want to grow by 20% next year, like their first thought is, where am I going to get the staff to do that, right? How am I going to... And I think it's a fair statement that a lot of contractors have the sales to grow by 20% next year if they really wanted to. It's the people problem that I think is a big constraint. So the question is, how do you get the people you need so you can forecast and grow, right? And Mm -hmm. there's two parts to that. One is building an employee funnel. So, and I've been coaching our contractors on this is like, we all know what our sales funnels are, right? So you have like your your lead sources, your your social media, your referrals, your sales team, all these people. Your email trying, list, yeah, your, to your email prospects list. and
0: your current customers. But for some reason, we don't want to do that when it comes to recruitment.
1: Exactly. So I, I challenge our contractors take all your mindset you have around lead funnels and apply it to hiring funnels. So. you know, okay, if we need to hire 10 people, we need this many people into the funnel. So how do we get them into the funnel? So you got to solve that problem through job boards, Indeed, LinkedIn, social media posts, like make sure all these are kind of streamlined and built around recruiting people. And then from there, you got to pre-qualify them with like the same as your sales funnel. So you might have a five survey question, uh, are you willing to learn new skills to to work in the landscape industry? That could be one of them. Then from there, you get to your hiring state. And we're at a state where it's a job seekers market. So it's almost like you got to use your sales hat. If you have all these people you want to work at your company, you got to sell them on your company. So all your recruiting pages got to reflect that, uh, possibly short videos from current employees talking about how the company supports them, how it's a great place to work, uh, it supports Being their... a great
0: place to work needs to be part of the whole thing. So as a leader, we got to look in the mirror and say, what do we do to make this a great place to work? Absolutely. And and tell everybody about that.
1: So once you convert them then you got to try to keep them and then so how do you nurture them right so you nurture your current customers to get repeat business and possibly enhancements and, and grow off the revenue of current customers well you got to do the same thing with your employees how do you turn them into referrals into uh uh selling your company as well advocates and I, right yeah yeah and i, I like to say like what would your employees say to their family members around Thanksgiving dinner if they said, "Hey, what's it like to work at your company? Or how's work going? What are they saying about you?" And that's what they're saying to everybody. So you want to make sure that that's a good story
0: they're telling. Cool. So then, we and that that really shifts back to what you were saying before, right? About this employee experience component. And when I before we started recording, we talked a little bit about how all the most successful entrepreneurs I interview actually regardless of industry but definitively part of uh the green industry uh focus on training and development as like a priority and some of them even admit that they're not even landscape companies they're actually training companies they just happen to do landscaping the ones that are like really really good um so outside of the platform you know obviously that being a huge tool to help people build training programs because there's a lot of stuff that's you know necessarily unique to them that you can grab from, you know, I'm assuming the library that exists on the platform, but what do you see as opportunities for onboarding and skill development? And what can companies do to help create that, like, you know, great employee experience so that they, people, when they do come through and you've done all the work to get somebody through your recruiting funnels that they want to stay.
1: Yeah, for sure. I'll start at the very beginning of the process. So in your job ad, you kind of want to talk about, well, you, you do want to talk about that your career focused company not just a job so hey we want you to be successful we want you to grow and we want you to have a career with our company and that's really attractive to prospective candidates because the myth we're battling in the landscape industry that it's a dead-end manual labor job and and when that's far from the case there's so much opportunity in the landscape industry and it's just that we got to convey that so you think about a snow shoveler, it's a very high turnover position. And this time of year, uh, a lot of people are trying to recruit shovelers. And you look at a snow shoveler ad, and this is a traditional uh, snow shoveler ad I pulled that's out and live right now. It, it just basically says, hey, they're responsible for the safe and productive removal of snow and ice from residential commercial job sites, walkways and traffic areas must be willing to be on call work nights as needed, etc." Doesn't sound very exciting, right? Very
0: inspiring. Yeah, yeah. Well,
1: with a few minor tweaks and leveraging the fact that you're a growth minded company and we have a training program and I'll talk about how to how to structure that a bit. But if you put that in your job ad uh, now, listen to this version of a snow shoveler job ad. Get ready uh, for an awesome career journey with us. Our snow shovelers are more than just snow experts are destined for greatness. Picture this as winter ends. Our top shovelers get special training and promoted to our maintenance teams in the spring. But that's not all we love celebrating success brace yourself for a pay raise in your new maintenance role. Once on our maintenance team you learn new skills and knowledge to continue moving forward. We're not just offering a job we're paving the way to success you could be a crew leader or hire in the future. Your career adventure awaits let's shovel our way to success together.
0: Yeah, that's right? cool. And it's not crazy like you're not, you know, having to uh, put miraculous copy together it's just tweaking kind of what you said at the very beginning right.
1: Yeah, you're just leveraging the fact that, and uh, the old analogy, chop chop wood, carry water, right? Do the work now for comfort and success in the future. And and a snow shovel is a hard to recruit position, but use it as leverage to say, hey, just get your foot in the door. You know, get this job done. You'll be on our maintenance crew. From there, we'll train you to a crew leader. From there, you could be a branch manager. And companies that post these career paths like like take your career path and post it in the break room and show here's how you go from shoveler to branch manager and everything you have to do in between they're seeing drastic reduction in turnover because employee progress is clearly laid out on how to get from step a to b and c they know exactly where they're at in that process and they know the next promotion is just around the corner so yeah it's so
0: cool uh, I mean, I dare I reference a third-year university course, but uh, organizational behavior uh, two uh, talk about expectancy theory. One of the best ways to engage somebody within your workforce is to help them see clearly what can be expected of them in the future. I think you've uh, outlined that pretty specifically. Um, so if I'm if I'm there, at, at, let's just say I'm a I'm an entrepreneur right now, and I don't have that career path set. Out right now. Maybe I'm a bit smaller. Maybe we don't have room for a bunch of branch managers. Maybe we're a ten million dollar company. We've got one or two branches, and I start talking about how they're going to be the next branch manager, and the branch manager is like, well, "What am I going to do?" So it's just not quite there yet. I haven't done any of this yet. What's the first way of starting to build out these career paths so that uh, people can start to promote them?
1: Yeah, so I'll use my example I started with, okay, we've hired we're at a snow shoveler. Okay, so to move to our maintenance crew in the spring, we expect these things from you. So we want you to complete your maintenance level one training, uh, we want, which might include the small equipment engines and fuel basics, which is how to operate the equipment fuel the equipment. Uh, Maybe we'll lay out some key skills you need to start on our maintenance crew, but also tag some items that are valuable to you as a company owner. So, okay, to get promoted in this role, you got to show up 99% of the time. And you also got to show up 100% ready to work. So uh, no ghosting us, right? Showing up is a key thing here. So you got to show up. And when you do show up, you got to be ready to work. So you got to be dressed properly. You got to have all your PPE. And then maybe you might tag some time requirements around it. Like uh, you got to have 200 hours on a shoveler crew before you can move on to a maintenance role. So set up this criteria check boxes that everyone meets, Hey, if you get all this done, then we'll bump you up to our maintenance crew in the spring. And then from there, you set them on uh, maintenance level two. So in the spring, they might start as a maintenance level one. So they're going to be on the basic equipment garden beds. Uh, but you can start them on their maintenance level two training, which is the larger equipment, any additional skills you're on time. Again, you're showing up hundred percent ready to work. But here's the opportunity to start building your funnel, where if you know you want to grow your uh, design build division next year by 20%, you want to do more uh, installs and more construction jobs, and you know you're going to need staff, and you have an employee that might want to go that route, well, you could start them on the design And build pathway now and they can start learning how to use the equipment how to read the blueprints everything required of them for next year so then when that division grows you have people in that funnel that have been training all year and can go right into that role and you're upskilling them
0: before you quite you know necessarily need them and so is does greenius have all this training baked into the platforms you can put them onto these different paths i don't have to go build it myself
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we have all these paths set up and we're actually launching a full training pass apprenticeship program, hopefully at the end of Q1, early Q2, that we're really trying to support the whole apprenticeship mindset because that's companies that are rolling out apprenticeships are really seeing a lot of employees returning year after year. They're seeing better workers, uh, better skills. And I'm using the analogy a lot like baseball. I'm a huge baseball fan and they have the farm system and the professional leagues. And a lot of successful teams build their farm players up to that level. So they don't have to go out and pay millions of dollars. They grow them from within. And that's kind of what landscape companies uh, can do is is start growing the employees they need so they know their next year's plans. And if they can grow the employees they need, then then they're going to be one step ahead of the
0: game. Yeah, it's huge, and like very few people are doing it well, let alone doing it well. Um, so, one of the things you mentioned um, is this idea of micro promotions. Can you just yeah. speak to that and help people understand what does that mean?
1: Yeah. So, there's a book I read, and I highly recommend it to everyone. It's called "Fire Your Hiring Habits," and uh, <laughs> nice. it's all about uh, a post-COVID world about hiring. and it covers every industry, and the the writer of the book was. Uh, from a VP from a major electronics, uh, manufacturing company, and they have plants all over, uh, the world, but they have, and their average turnover is 30 to 40%, which is again, very similar to what we're seeing in the landscape industry, but they had one plant where, uh, their turnover was less than 10%. So they were shocked. Well, Why? Like same plant, same modern facility, same processes, but why is there a turnover 30% better than everyone else's? So we gotta we gotta figure this out. So they went there and they discovered two things. One that A, they clearly had the employee progress mapped out. So how do you go from an entry-level position to management? And they had this all on the wall, every step and everything you had to do. But what they did differently was they offered micro-promotions and how you can apply to the landscape industry. If you think about the career ladder, the rungs of the career ladder, how do you shorten those rungs? And, and I use this analogy for simple math, only your wages are your wages. But if you're paying a year one employee $15 an hour, and then as soon as they hit a year two employee, you're going to pay them $19 an hour, right? Well, if you can take that $4 an hour raise and break it down and every three months, give a dollar an hour raise, make it kind of a micro promotion. So over the next three months... You got to do this many training courses in green years. Again, you got to show up. You can't be late. Uh, You got to have your PPE. Uh, You got to learn this skill. And then if you get all this done at the three-month mark, we'll give you a dollar an hour raise. And then you repeat that in the next next block, another dollar an hour. By the end of the year, they're at that $19 an hour raise that you were going to give them anyways. But what you've done is created a retention tool. So now the employee knows they're always at that next pay raise or that always next level. That micro promotion is just around the corner. So they're not going to leave and go somewhere else because they know they're that close to that next step. So it becomes this huge retention tool because uh, they know they're moving forward and they're not going to leave and start over somewhere
0: else. Yeah, that's super cool. And then... um... It it also is that like, you know, progression is addictive too, right? Like, you know, I'm 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 seeing the impact of my hard work quicker. I'm not waiting until the end of the year to have to do something about it. Um, you know, let's say you have a staff of 50, 60 folks um on a first year basis, maybe 30 people on the first year basis. Um, is there any hints or tips on how to administrate something like that? Make it simple? Any tools that you guys know of that you might want to recommend or just give somebody an idea of how they want to go about it?
1: Yeah, definitely thinking here. Like the most important thing is documenting it and and making it clear, like very much like, like streetlights on a dark night, right? Like they should be laying out clearly the next step and clearly the goals and everything that needs to be accomplished. And it should be, Very well documented, very crystal clear and very easy to achieve and also be giving people the opportunity to learn these skills as well is very important, you just can't have the program and and say, this is what happens. You also need to give the opportunities to learn those skills. So if you got to move from uh, one level to the next level and there's a key skill you have to learn to get there, well, then maybe every Saturday you should be hosting skills clinics for your company where, okay, every Saturday come in for an hour and we're going to learn a new skill this Saturday. There's breakfast, there's coffee and each week will be a different skill. Make it optional. Like you don't have to make it mandatory. Yeah, but- no,
0: that's cool. But provide the opportunity in the platform platform to do it.
1: Provide the opportunity. So each week, and if you think about yourself as a manager and you're constantly putting out fires, think about the top five fires you're always putting out. And then there's your first five topics for skills clinics, right? And uh, the more you can train people on what Is going to benefit you and when you can get an employee's training and objectives to align with the company objectives like that's the winning formula right so if you have an employee that says hey you know what i really want to be a crew leader it's just something i really want to do but then you know you're trying to grow by 20 percent next year and you're going to need two more crew leaders it's like what a winning formula right so this person wants to train over the year to be a crew leader you need crew leaders and now your objectives are aligning with their objectives and that's the goal around this whole uh, this whole program is to get alignment on objectives
0: yeah no that's cool i mean and um, i think you know if if there's a theme in everything that you're talking about it's it's just a little bit of discipline like this isn't a rocket science type of approach to things you look at the top five fires that you're dealing with on a daily weekly monthly basis and then you build a skill workshop on a for an hour every saturday to deal with the top five fires Like, that does not take somebody, you know, a massive amount of creativity to come up with this approach. That's why I think it's so beautiful, because it's simple. It just takes a little bit of discipline. Um, Not to mention the fact that people that show up on Saturday for an hour are obviously engaged folks, because they care about developing themselves on times they're not necessarily on the clock. So that's a really cool approach. So then...
1: Sorry, just, I just want to add to that. I've heard of one contractor that does run these uh, skills clinics and they open it up to other landscapers in the area. So they say, Hey, we're having a skills clinic on a cut saw or a stone saw on Saturday. Uh, they charge them a nominal fee. It just helps cover breakfast and coffee, but then they kind of create this community and they get all these landscapers coming together and learning skills together. So uh, they kind of provide the service, but then also they're exposing their culture and their company to other people out there. And down the road, if those other people ever want a new job, that might be the first call they make as well, because they already know what the culture is like at that company. So Not to it's mention just one strategy
0: I've heard of. Yeah, that's cool. And I, I mean, um, of all the industries, I think Green's one of the most cooperative, you know, like uh, businesses are really open to share when we're at conferences um, as part of associations. And it's also a cool way to make it so that you don't just have one person showing up for a skill uh, session, right? You can have a workshop, you can have it so there's you know six, seven people coming from two or three companies. So then um, as a person that's been in the space, you've seen people fail at this and succeed at this when it comes to skill development, training, uh, uh, building an organizational culture around developing humans and career paths. Is there is there any way that stands out to you, as like these people really got it right, like is there a story you can kind of h- help people see of like maybe they started off a bit smaller, but then they've they 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 started to put these pieces into place and they grew over time, just so people can get an idea of like the impact of starting to, this type of discipline?
1: Yeah, for sure. The key is to like make a process and stick to it. So, there's so many contractors I talk to. And I, I help them roll out Greenius. And my first phone call, it's like, okay, what's what's your onboarding process now? And they're like, we don't have one. And it's not like a small company problem. Like I've been to large companies with like 500 plus employees that don't have an onboarding program. So there's so many softwares involved. So the first question is like, okay, you finish the job interview, you're hiring the person. What's next? How do you enter them? Into your system? When do they get entered and who enters them in and set up some owners in the process? So, okay, now we've entered them into our systems, into our HR tool. Who's gonna add them into Greenius? Okay, we got them added into Greenius. We send out their training ID, the employee does it. Who's gonna do those field checklists? Are we gonna have checklists on Fridays? What's our what's our checklist day of the week? And then are we gonna have weekly tailgates? And clearly define your process and set owners to it and that's the only way it's going to succeed if you kind of just hope it works out it, it's just not going to it's just not going to work out you need to define your process and set clear owners of each of those processes that are accountable to it and that's the only way i've ever seen it successfully roll out
0: yeah that's cool and i think also um sometimes you know not necessarily the most natural state for an entrepreneur to talk about process, you know, for some folks, they're a bit more like fly by the seat of the pants. They're really skilled and knowledgeable in in their craft. They're good at sales or good with people they've inspired some folks to come join them. And then the idea of developing a process can be like, Oh, I don't like process. Um, But I think what you've articulated too is, uh, and what we've seen in not only ourselves, but in a lot of our clients, it doesn't have to be perfect. It just needs to be, you know, here's the four steps And then as you develop the four steps and run them, you're like, "There's we're missing two steps. It's like, okay, cool. Now we can add them. But if the first four steps are never there, there's nothing to ever work off of. I think that's a big piece for people to just know that you don't have to get the process perfect out of the gate.
1: Yeah, for sure. And what the most common process is, so I I don't want people to feel alone here is like, I talk to a lot of contractors and the first thing that most of them do is just on the job training. So we hire somebody on Friday, we put them on a crew on Monday and that's it. There's no follow-up. Up. Yeah. And, uh, that's not a good process because now you're going to be putting out the same fires. Today that you're going to be putting out next month, and you're just hoping they're learning through Osmosis that they're becoming these great employees, but you have no way to measure it. You have no way to identify their strengths, their weaknesses. And I went through this myself, to be truthfully honest. I was uh I wanted to learn the landscape industry a lot better before I started building greenies. So this is going back like many, many, many years ago. But I said, okay, I want to work on a maintenance crew, I want to see what it's all about, I want to work on a construction crew. And I show up for my first day on the construction crew. And at the time the crew didn't know who I was to them. I was just a right. new employee. Right.
0: Yeah, yeah. And yeah, hey, Matt, so welcome. Here's yeah, your exactly. And, uh,
1: they said, Hey Matt, gra- hop in that tractor and move that pile of gravel from the front yard to the backyard. We need to, to work on this. Uh, they were building a retaining wall at the time. And I said, uh. I've never driven a tractor what do I do and they're like oh just sit in it turn it on this is your gas and I was like okay within 20 minutes of showing up I was in a tractor moving gravel but then within about 30 minutes I was getting crap because I wasn't doing it properly and the bucket of gravel wasn't full enough right so but that was the training I got so I was annoying the crew leader. I was annoying all the new uh, experienced workers because they're waiting on this gravel either. No, I felt terrible. And uh, I mean, with a proper program, I would have been showing how to use a tractor before I was on the job site. I would have known my expectations and then I would have been more qualified. And then if I went through this proper onboarding, I would have shown up knowing what to do, not to mention the risks. Like I was going within two to three feet of the house and I could have easily hit the house. I didn't, but it could have easily happened. And, uh, all of that got skipped and I was just show up, get in the tractor and go. Whereas, uh, so much could have gone wrong and that's where a solid onboarding program would prevent that. And then there's less fires. And then I'm not annoying the crew leaders, the job's getting done faster. Uh, My billable hours are better. So this onboarding program just pays dividends.
0: Yeah. Well then the crew leader isn't annoyed. They're having more fun at work. They want to stay They're doing more like they're, they're more productive as a group and the list goes on and on and on. So uh, if I am just like, okay, cool. I need to use Greenius. What do I do? Like, how's, how do I start looking into this platform and and reaching out to you guys and figuring out whether I should use it or not?
1: Yeah. So first of all, just go to our website, go greenius.com. From there you can sign up for a live, uh, We call it live proof of concept, live demo. It's usually hosted by me or Jeremy. And twice a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we host an hour session where we go through how to build an onboarding program, why you need to be doing training. From there, uh, we then open the Greenius program and we actually build that onboarding program. And the key thing I like to point out is That live POC is only about one hour. And in that one hour, you learn how to build an onboarding program and build it in Greenius and execute it. So we're a little bit different than other softwares where uh, your rollout's two or three months and you need kind of five people. Just one person can be a great user in an hour and you can be an expert in two hours. So I I would start by going to our website, signing up for one of those live POCs. And we're also hosting, uh, I know it's coming up really quick, on February 20th, 21st, and 22nd, we're hosting a summit for all Greenius users and LMN users where you can come learn about how to improve your business, how to improve Greenius. Um, Mark Bradley is going to be speaking a lot about revenue per hour, so how landscape companies can really maximize their profits. So it's just kind of these three days of intense workshops and lessons as well. It's a great opportunity to learn about both products. So,
0: And is this the first time you guys are holding it or is this like an annual thing? Uh,
1: It was an annual thing before COVID, then we shut it down and then it's our first one since uh, COVID. So they're very well attended. Lots of contractors are there. It's a great community chance to talk with everybody and just really learn about the products, learn about processes, learn about how to create more revenue per hour. Like if you left there and didn't learn anything, or change something within your business within a
0: week, I'd be shocked. (laughs) Right. Yeah, no, that's cool. Um, and is there, where do you sign up for that?
1: Uh, that is on the LMN website under, uh, the summit. So all the details are just go to go LMN.com and then the landscape summit links there and, uh, you can sign up and get all the information there.
0: Sweet. And if you can't sign up this year, make it whatever, the because this will be posted probably in a week or two. So it'll be maybe two weeks before, um, the actual show or the, the, the workshop, then maybe put in your calendar at your market for next year.
1: Um, yeah,
0: it is. It is live.
1: It is. You can go to the website and see everything at go and you can sign up now. It's just, I know people might not have the bandwidth to go cause it's in uh, three weeks, four weeks, but yeah, well, it'll be,
0: and it'll probably be two weeks once this thing goes live. Um, but that's okay. So then uh, you mentioned a couple of, uh, books—the one you mentioned, "Fire Your Hiring Habits." Um, but before we let you uh go, Matt, what would be one of your most like influential authors, speakers, um, that that you'd want to be like, hey, you gotta check this person out.
1: So there's two for sure: "Firing Your Hiring Habits" by uh, John Mitchell, and then the second book—you might even know this from the marketing world—but uh, "Building a Story Brand." Oh yeah, like- Donald Miller that that book changed my mindset because like you all got to have this great story for your customers to understand what your business is all about but that also applies to your employees right they got to know your story brand and they got to know what your brand's all about and all your employees become your brand ambassadors. So when they're telling your story to their friends about what it's like to work there, you want to know what they're saying and, and controlling that message. And if you don't define it, uh, how do you know what they're saying? Right? So those two books, like I read both of those books and made changes like instantly. They're both, I found pretty powerful.
0: Cool, man. I appreciate you sharing. So we got fire, your hiring habits, John Mitchell, and uh, Story Brand by Donald Miller, which are yeah, which are amazing. I, I haven't read Fire Hired Habits, so I gotta check that out for sure. Well, Matt, really appreciate you doing this, man. Thanks for coming on the show and uh everybody else for for listening to this. So uh, we'll see you awesome. in the next episode. Thank you. The I Am Landscape Growth Podcast is brought to you by Intrigue, where passionate marketing meets predictable results for entrepreneurs. Remember to like and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss the next episode. And if you would like to be a guest on the podcast, please visit IntrigueMedia.com and click on Podcasts.